This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. It is the first day of Blue Jackets training camp this season. We've got some interesting line combinations, and I'm sure it will shock everyone to know we already have a bunch of injuries to talk about. That's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jay Foster. This is my co-host, Hayden Hileson. We are here to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube as well as SiriusXM. I also have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Um, before we get started, I also want to let you know uh, we're doing a happy hour tonight. So Hayden and I will be going live at about 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. We'll have a couple of adult beverages and I'm getting uh, we'll started some, already. We'll have some fun. <laughs> Hayden's already got started. Um, we are not recording this at 9 a.m., we promise. Um, but yeah, so bring some questions. We'll have fun. We'll talk about training camp. We'll talk probably about Mike Babcock a little bit because that's whatever I want to talk about right now. But uh, for right now, we're going to talk a little bit about training camp because it's only day one and there's already been some interesting things coming out of uh the groupings so i thought we'd i thought we'd start there um with what is an extremely weird grouping of defense pairings hayden so let me just pull up the the list right now so the top six defensemen right now so the top two pairings on each team they've got they're split into three teams we've got provarov gabranson we've got boquist severson and we've got warensky peak uh, Jake Bean out with an injury. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Nick Blankenberg is playing on the second line of Team 1 with Jake Christensen. David Yurichek is playing on the second line of Team 3 with Tim Burney. And uh, another line that might get some... Uh, some What's the word I want? Some talk is uh, Stanislav Svozil and Marcus Bjork, who are yes. on the second line for Team 2. So there's kind of your top 12 defensemen. Those combos yeah. make no sense to me, frankly. See, I, I I agree with that because, I mean, I, I've been studying them all day. I've been looking at them nonstop because I can't find any clips of what's going on at training, training camp, actually. So I see kind of what Pascal is doing here because, well, I, honestly, I, I don't see what he's doing with Juracek and Bernie. I think Juracek needs to be up. 
that is when we were texting about this, Jay, I think you and I both were like, this this is kind of frustrating. Like your check needs to be playing with the big dogs. He's ready for he's ready to be playing with the big dogs. Tim Bernie, he got a lot of NHL experience last year. So it's not like it's setting him back playing with a guy like him, but it's just you wanted to see your check on a top line. But when I look at Boquest and Severson, I kind of see a lot of like sneaky good offense in that because Boquest is, in my eyes, after the season review, probably the best offensive defenseman the Blue Jackets have under the age of like 24. Um, out, out, you know, so and um, Severson coming over from New Jersey, he could use an offensive boost too because he played with really good uh, defensemen out there. So uh, I like that one a lot. I like Svozel and Bjork. Bjork has a hard slap shot and Svozel's a good passer. So, you know, he's going to be moving the puck over to him a lot. But uh, was there another one that bothered you? Because definitely the Juracek Bernie one, that one kind of ticked me off a little bit. But outside of that, I thought they were kind of okay. Yeah, I think it's not the, it just didn't make sense. And obviously, I want to preface this with, like, it's the first day of training camp. I am 100% sure these will be mixed around and, you know, it's not... This is not what the lines are going to look like on opening night. The forwards are a little bit more kind of set, I think. Uh, but the defense, it really feels like Pascal Edson is just like, okay, let's try some things. Um, but yeah, I agree. I would have put Juracek up with Warensky instead of Peak. Um I do think having Jake Bean out does clear the way for Juracek to to maybe take that step. Um, but I also wonder if this is Pascal saying to Juracek, hey, we want to see more from you. You know, um, he's going to be driving that pairing in a way that he probably wouldn't be driving it if he was playing with a guy like Warensky or with a guy like um, with a guy like Provorov. Provorov Gabranson is an interesting one. To me, that was the one. The other one, I don't know that Provorov should be playing that low in the lineup, and I don't know that Granson should be playing that high in the lineup, depending on whether that's you know a prospective second or third pairing. Um, but yeah, it was mostly mostly the Eurocheck, and I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, more training camp will have happened and they'll have shuffled the pairings around and will look stupid for um, <laughs> even talking about this, right? Even like, talking we're talking about this, but yeah, that we're was, talking that was about practice lineups. I want to see more from Juracek. And I do wonder if it is that he wants Juracek to be the driving force of a pairing as opposed to being the support player to a guy like Warensky. Yeah, I do think the Provorov-Gabranson uh, line is really interesting because those are two players that uh, Provorov, obviously, somewhat of the prize in the offseason in the sense that the Blue Jackets, uh, they went out and got him. They invested in this player and are bringing him into the locker room as a kind of like you're you're replacing, you know, what Vladislav Gavrikov left behind, what, you know, uh, David Savard has left behind. You know, like you're a, kind of a key cornerstone in this. So to be paired with Eric Branson, who is only really a cornerstone because he's getting paid a lot of money, uh, he's getting paid four and a half million a year I uh, on annual value, four-year deal. So it's like he's getting paid above – what's what some of the better defensemen under him are getting paid so it's like i i don't know if the problem with that line is good branson or what but i think maybe what it could be jay is that pascal knows that provorov is a very reliable defenseman both offensively and defensively and Gabranson is just there kind of just to take up ice and just kind of be intimidating which 
you kind of you do need you do need for optics. Um, but the problem is, is Erica Branson, you and I both agreed, kind of got too much ice time this past year. And the Blue Jackets are going to be relying on Provorov to kind of take minutes. And it's like, do the Blue Jackets really want do Blue Jackets fans really want to see Erica Branson playing on the top two, top three lines? No, no, the, the we need him kind of down. Uh, he can stick around, but like we need to see less of him. The Blue Jackets yeah. have too many good defensemen <laughs> to have Erica Branson out there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk also. I've lost it. There it is. Um, I want to talk also about the forward pairings, um, or the forward lines, excuse me, because there are some pretty fun-looking ones in here. Uh, so with the, again, the caveat that these probably will get shuffled around a little bit, but the one that immediately stuck out to me was Texier Fantilli Line A. We saw a little clip of that on Twitter and that looked, that looked like a lot of fun. Um, I've kind of been banging the Fantilli Line A drum since I found out that they were living together because I just think that's, I just think that's fun. Um, Texier, I assume is just kind of standing in for, um, an injured Marchenko, but, I like that line a lot. I think Texier adds a little bit of snarl. We know that Fantilli's got a bit of a mean streak in him. We know that Line A is a big body. He doesn't throw it around as much as I think some people would like him to, but he is enormous. Um, and I think that line could be could bring some size and some skill and a little bit of snarl. And, you know, probably we're going to talk about Texier uh, in a little bit more detail probably next week because he was doing really well. Uh, in the season he got injured, which I believe was, hang on, I just had this open. Again, locked on Blue Jackets, drink. Uh, I've lost the tab that I need. In the 2021-22 season, he had 20 points in his first 36 games, including 11 goals. Broke his finger, I believe, and then went back to France um, for personal matters and then missed all of last season because he was in the player, um, the NHLPA substance abuse and mental health um, program, I believe is what it's called. I don't know if that's quite the exact phrasing, but he's back. He looks good. He looks healthy. Um, and I think that's really exciting. I He looks more mature than than when he was here last time. Um, I mean, he was, he's how old now? He is 24 now. So he was only 22 the last time he played in Columbus. And uh, I think that he could be a real secret weapon for this top six. He, oh, he's definitely a secret weapon, Jay. That's when he got introduced to the Blue Jackets is when he played in the series against Tampa Bay. And uh, it was just his first few games in the league, I believe, was was in, was in against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And he uh, didn't miss a beat. Granted, he had completely different players around him, a lot of vets, you know, Nick Foligno, um, our Timmy Panarin, like we don't need to go through the list of those guys. If you're listening to Locked on Blue Jackets and you're this far in this episode, you know who those guys are. But he's matured. You're absolutely right. He's still young. He's a player that plays with a lot of confidence. Like he's not afraid to try the skill move that he might take a shot and an uh, uh, an undeserved shot in the head for um, because you know that's like what that's the type of player he is. Um, the fire poker move and the shootout, like you can't, you, all I've thought about the last year that he was gone was the fire poker move and how the blue jackets were getting shootouts. And it, is, like, it is the second coolest way to score a goal. I think after the Michigan. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. It, it might be the coolest shootout way to score a goal that I've seen a Blue Jacket do. Um, Panarin's got a pretty good forehand, backhand. That is just so nasty. Like, Or not Panarin, I'm sorry, Patrick Laine. See, like, yes. this is good. This is good because I think of that team and I'm like, that was the team that can go win the Stanley Cup. And then I'm seeing Patrick Laine toss the puck around with Adam Fantilli. And I'm like, those two together on the ice – could be the most dangerous duo in the league for all I know. For all that I actually know as a person on earth, that could be the highest scoring duo in the NHL this year. I know McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl still exist, but for now I'm just going to believe this. So, yeah, that duo is really exciting. Um, they seem to be getting along great. I, I love the comment that Patrick Liney made about, you know, Adam's been the nicest roommate because he's Canadian. That's just <laughs> – uh, it's true because every time Adam Fantilli's been in front of a microphone, he's said nothing about nothing but amazing things about the city of Columbus. Even before he actually got drafted here, he was singing praises about the city and about this team. So he's such like he's the crown jewel of this training camp starting. He's the crown jewel. Adam Fantilli is like he's. It's it's just nice to have him in nationwide arena um, practicing, getting a feel of the of the confines that is in the arena district down there. And I'm just so excited to get down there. And uh, games this Sunday, man, we're going to see it all play out, all of the yeah, work that they're I, playing. I can't wait for that split series against uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday. It It's crept up, hasn't it? I feel like it came out of nowhere. I'm suddenly I'm like, oh, hockey's back. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about um, the kind of de facto top line, uh, which uh, which was Goudreau, Jenna, and uh, Kent Johnson. But to do that, we're also going to have to talk about some injuries because, of course, we are. And we're going to do that in just a second here on Lockdown Blue Jackets. First, though, I've got to tell you about bird dogs because they are the most comfortable things I've ever put on my body. That's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. Uh, they just, they, I love them. I love them so much that uh, it makes me a little bit angry that I can't just wear them all of the time, uh, even though they are good for basically any occasion. Uh, I wear them to the rink when I have to go to games. I will wear them when I am lying around the house. I wear them to go on a run. You can wear them to the golf course. If you want to pick your kids up from school, you can wear them in the car on the way there. Like they are good for basically any occasion. They're comfy. They fit great. They look great. They're made of this like special cloud material that looks exactly like khaki, but is stretchy. And uh, it means that you can, again, do anything you want in your bird dogs. If you want to get your bird dogs, go to birddogs.com. Uh, and then if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or use promo code locked on NHL at checkout. You're going to get a free reusable water bottle with any purchase. And if you know me, you know, I love a reusable drinking vessel. Once again, that is birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL at checkout to get a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Okay, we're back with Locked on Blue Jackets, free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and SiriusXM. And we're talking about training camp. And because it's the Blue Jackets, we can't talk about hockey without talking about injuries. So before camp even started, some injury news came out. Uh, I believe four players currently on the shelf. Let me just pull up the... I got them. Karel Marchenko is day-to-day -day with a back strain. 
Daniil Tarasov is day to day with a knee. I, as my understanding that if it was if today was a game day, they would both be ready to play. But if since it's not, they are resting and trying to get up to 100 percent before uh, games start. So we likely will not see Marchenko or Tarasov uh, in the beginning of the preseason, which does suck because I was excited for the Marchenko Fantilli Line pairing. But Texier has been a good a good substitution there. Um, and then uh, Mathieu Olivier is week to week with apparently he broke his leg last season and then never like just never said anything until just now. Um, and Jake Bean has an abductor strain and will be week to week also. On top of all of that, first day of training camp, Boone Jenner uh, is involved in a collision with Elvis, goes down and then leaves the ice. Someone said that it looked like he was shaking his hand. Someone else said that he got hit in the ch- in the like the chin with a puck. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, we're recording this not long after um, training camp finished up, so it's a little bit kind of we're not sure what's going on. But Boone Jenner going down with an injury that brings us to five injured players on day one of training camp. Which is that not the most just the most Blue Jackets thing in the whole world, Hayden? <laughs> This is breaking news to me that Jay just revealed. So this is a live reaction to hearing that my captain of this team that I am about to invest tons of money in this year just got injured. That sucks. Um, But Jay, if I can say something about these five players that are injured between Daniel Tarasov, Kirill Marchenko, Jake Bean, Matthew Olivier, and Boone Jenner. The Blue Jackets can go two months without any of these players. They have enough young guys. They survived enough last season that these five players who have, in my eyes, played enough hockey in their career that they do not need to be out there for camp. Uh, Maybe Tarasov, he should be out on the ice to get some shots because goalies, that was the biggest issue, and I kind of give them a lot of heat this year. But I just feel like a goalie needs every once in a while to be on the ice Get some pucks on you, you know. Um, but outside of that, those five guys, they don't need to see the ice um, for the first month of the season. Um, let's see what these young guys can do because the center depth is fine. I'm okay with uh, Adam Fantilli. I'm okay with Sean Corrali. I'm okay with Hunter McCown and Cole Sillinger. I'm okay with those four guys all getting heavy minutes to start the season because, frankly, that's better than what the Blue Jackets were wheeling out uh, in April last year. So, um, we know that you've said it multiple times and I completely agree. If you're not in the playoff race by American Thanksgiving, then you're out of it. But, uh, let's get these guys healthy. I don't want these, I don't want these guys to get rushed back. You know what I mean? Like we don't need them right now. We need these guys in December. We need them in January and February to be healthy. So I'm okay with a little bit of load management if that's what it takes, but Yeah, not great to see all those names on the injured list, but uh, comforting just knowing that it's just like day-to-day stuff for guys like Marchenko and Tarasov, who the Blue Jackets are going to be leaning on a lot this year. 100%. And I think also this will end up being, if it is, if Jenna does end up having to miss time, which again, as of the recording of this podcast, we don't know that. I am assuming that maybe he just took a knock to the chin and maybe needs a couple of stitches or he took a stinger or what we don't know what it is yet no one has said anything again as of the time of recording this which is uh thursday uh mid-afternoon ish if jenna does miss time the blue jackets are in a much better place in terms of center depth this season 
Texier can play center. Dimitri Voronkov that we haven't talked about yet, he can play center. Obviously, bringing in Fantilli. Uh, I'm expecting Cole Sillinger to bring a lot of uh, a lot of heat in terms of uh, a bounce back season. Something interesting to me: uh, Liam Foodie, Jack Roslevic, and Emil Bemstrom all appear to be on the outside looking in right now. So yeah. we'll have to kind of monitor that. But as of right now, it looks like our top three centers are going to be Fantilli, Jenner, and Sillinger, barring, you know, Jenner missing time. But yeah, I completely agree. Get healthy. We don't need them to come straight out of the gate October 12th and make it worse. And then, okay, well, we've lost Jenner for three months now because he exacerbated uh, an ongoing injury. You know, we, how many times have we seen that happen? A guy plays injured, makes it worse. That being said, a million times. Exactly. That being said, I'm super excited for if if this is what the top six looks like in game one. Texier, Fantilli, Line, Goudreau, Jenna, Johnson. I'm ex- I'm real excited about that. I don't know how you feel about that, Hayden, but like that gives me a warm feeling in my tummy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really exciting. And the truth is, as I was thinking about this, and this. I'm going to pray that this is the last time that I ever say his name or even give him credit for anything. But I do just wonder when you get 73, 74, however many players it is at this training camp on the ice together, like how much of the last six weeks was Mike Babcock maybe pointing out like, hey, these two players might be good together. That doesn't even matter, obviously, because he's gone. And I'm just going to give Pascal, uh, Pascal Vincent all the credit on all of these lines. But so far, Jay, I like what I see. I feel like it's creative. It makes sense. Um, there's some fun ones. There's definitely ones that we've already said that we disagree with. But for the most part, the ones that I disagree with are guys that like Provorov and Gabranson. Like those guys have played enough NHL games together that when they look at each other, like they might not even have had a single conversation before they get on the ice. They should just be able to look at each other and know what's going on because both of them have logged enough NHL games. So um, and then Wierenski and Peak, that was one that I'm like, these two guys have been with the organization for a long time now. And I think of them in complete opposite lights. Like I think of Andrew Peak as like, oh, he's the reason why the Blue Jackets were second in the lotto. And I think of Zach Wierenski as, oh, this is the man that's going to carry the flag to the Stanley Cup. But the two of them together, like I think they can meet in the middle and be a very dangerously good NHL line, barring that Zach Rensky can just stay healthy. Like that's that's the thing that I'm thinking about with eight this year is like I'm like he needs to I need him to play 80 games, 70 games, 60, like just play a season because uh Provorov, Severson, like these guys will and they're here right now. And like this this decor is really, really flashy. And there's a lot of lot of uh young talent on offense. Trevor Zegers' name is literally being thrown in the mixer for, you know, NHL trades today. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. In the mix of, like, the Blue Jackets, there's some NHL rumor out there that the Sabres are in hunt for Trevor Zegers. I don't even care about Trevor Zegers. Like, usually I'm like, our team should be in the mix for him. I don't even care about him right now. The Blue Jackets have so much young talent at forward. And, yes, the deep pair, a lot of NHL experience there. And then it's just like, can they get the goalie right? And with Tarasov being hurt day-to-day with a knee injury, that sucks. But uh, Aaron Dell is here, and he's a serious contender for that backup 
position is what I'm reading is he could be Elvis Merzlikens backup this year. Yeah. And which I wouldn't could, hate. Um, you know, we've, we've talked I about hate the, I wouldn't the hate that at all. situation a fair amount. And I think it could, it could work, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. Hopefully uh, we'll get some more training camp information later today uh, over the weekend. And I believe there is an open scrimmage on Saturday that you should all go to. I don't know if Hayden is planning on going to that, but uh, if you if he is and you see him, what time tonight, is it? Do you have a time? Uh, not off the I top just of my found head. out. I want to say like one p.m. maybe. Um, but I'll be there. We're going to take another quick break, and then when we get back, we've got a couple of young guys on the Blue Jackets that might not be going back to juniors, and I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a second. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you could think of to look. Just Google us and uh, click the click whichever link you want. Um, I would like to talk about Jordan Dumay and Denton Matejchuk, who are two young players for the Blue Jackets organization. They were draft, both drafted last year, one in the first round, one in the third round. Jordan Dumay had, if I will just get the exact number up, uh, John Demay had 140 points in 64 regular season games, plus 21 points in 15 playoff games for the Halifax Mooseheads. Then Matejchuk had 65 points in 63 regular season games for the WA for the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL, and then eight points in 10 playoff games. There is some argument out there that these two players are too good for Major Junior. And unfortunately, because of the NHL-CHL agreement, they have to turn 20 before they're allowed to play in the AHL. However, earlier this summer, Shane Wright, former fourth overall pick to Seattle Kraken, uh, in the same draft, I believe, actually, was granted exceptional status. He, if he doesn't make the Kraken, will be playing in the AHL this season as a 19-year-old about to turn 20. I don't know if you have thoughts on this, Hayden, in terms of should Dumay and Matejchuk apply for this? Should they get it? Should they go back to junior? Like, do you have, like, how do you feel about, about this as a potential option? Oh, it's definitely a potential option. Jordan Dumay, he led the prospect tournament in Traverse City, which we hold so highly. And we talk about, you know, Adam Fantilli having all these amazing stats and, you know, Ken Johnson having great stats and Marchenko having great stats at last year's Traverse City, and they turned into great pros. Jordan Dumay had eight points in three games in Traverse City. He has passed all the levels. We've said this in his season review. Like, like he has passed all the levels of – we did do a season review on him, but we've talked about him so much. We've talked about him a lot, though, so it's understandable the things that we had. Yeah, so we talked about this guy so much that it's like we're ready to get him up here. Like, let's give it a shot. Um, especially if we got uh, injuries on the at the forward position and at the right wing position. Kirill Marchenko is out. Matthew Olivier is out. Like, let's get some young talent in there. And Jordan Dumais is at the top of that list of he needs to get NHL time soon, soon, or at least AHL time for sure. AHL time. Like, he's ready to. Uh, let's see what he can do there. I'm sure he'll be point a game guy or just under that like he'll be he'll be great that's a guaranteed and the cleveland fans deserve it right they need some guys to look forward to jordan dumais would certainly do that yeah 
I, I agree. I If I had to pick one of the two players, I think I would definitely choose Jordan Demay to play in the AHL. But I think that's just because of how weak the queue is. I think there's there's still things that De- Matejchuk can learn from playing in the WHL, especially as a young defender. You know, he is, again, literally 19 years old. Um, and I believe he's a young 19 as well. Yeah, he doesn't turn 20 until um, July. So he literally just turned 19 a couple of months ago. I'm okay with him going back to the WHL. But Jordan DeMay, I think, it's not that I think he's ready to play pro, but I think him stagnating in the queue will just do more harm. Like, he he has nothing else that he can learn in the queue. He put up up 140 points this season. More than double a point per game. He He was averaging over two points a game this season. And I... I understand why this NHL uh, CHL agreement exists, but also it's extremely, extremely frustrating. And I think if Shane Wright can get this exemption, I don't see why John Demay can also get this exemption. I feel like Dan Matejchuk, as much as he needs to go back, that's also frustrating for him too. Um, between the two players, I still think it is Dumay. Um, but Matejchuk had 129 points in 128 WHL games last year for Moose Jaw. Like, he also probably feels like he's mastered it. But at the same time, Denton Matejchuk plays a really good older brother role. He's been a captain of almost every team he's been on. I saw uh, that was that came out. Is that he was the captain of the Traverse City team this year. Like, what? Uh, I didn't have him uh, for the captain. But, hey, sure. Um, so he's a leader. Um, I, I would feel bad that he would have to play in that league versus playing in the AHL where he could be making more money. But the truth is, is he's going to be an NHLer. Denton Matejchuk will play in the NHL. At very least, he'll be spend some very good years in the AHL as long as he remains healthy. So I'm excited to get him in here. But I think Jordan Dumais is definitely, especially what he did in the playoffs and the QMJHL, like he's ready. Like we'd get him up here. It's not even a question. Jordan Dumais need to be up here in the AHL or the NHL even. I think it's it, it'll be good to see what you have in Dumais because I know. A lot, like a lot of people will look at that point total and go, "Wow, this is the like he scored the most points since like Sidney Crosby was in the um was in the QMJHL like twenty years ago or whatever it was," which makes me feel ancient. The fact that Sidney Crosby was in the was in junior hockey twenty years ago, but it's fine. Um, it's been torturing think, us. Yeah, so I, I get the argument that yeah, he has nothing else to learn in the queue. Um, put him in the AHL, but I also think that it would be good to see because a lot of the scouts I've talked to and a lot of the prospect guys are concerned that his game won't translate to the pros. Um, just the way he plays the game, his his uh, style, he relies a lot on playing against weaker defensive players. I was going to say, that sounds like something... How he does, and then you know... Do you have a top nine NHL forward there, or do you have a career AHLer? You know, and if you have a top nine NHL forward, you can start working on that. You can start getting, uh, you can, you know, start coaching him on specific things. And so that's kind of my argument for for Demay. I think is you might as well. He's not gonna. You will get the same player, exactly the same player next year if he goes back to the queue. Is my guess is that he doesn't advance in anything at all if he gets sent back to the queue. Yeah, for those people that say his game doesn't translate, instantly when you say that, it just reminds me of all the times I've heard that about guys like, you know, Artemi Panarin. 
or like Cam Atkinson. Like, not that I was following him when he was at uh, Boston College, but like, I'm sure that has been said about tons of guys that are smaller, undersized. Jordan Dumay is five foot nine, 165 pounds. Like, he is on the smaller side, but he's crushed it at, at like against guys that are going to be in the NHL. Like, QM- QMJHL players will play in the NHL. So he's not doing it against nobody's. Um, there has to be some hockey skill there. It's a very competitive hockey league that a uh, bunch of people in Canada go pay money, good, good hard-earned money at to go to their game. So it's like he's he's very like for people to question the QMJHL is like um, what am I going to say? Like um, I don't know, just their validity or like I, I don't know, just how tough of a league it is like the competitiveness in that league, like it's very, a very tough league, I think. Um, and he's put up a ton of points in it. As you just said, he's put up as many points similar to as Sidney Crosby. Like we got to take a look at him. He needs to get some NHL time. So whenever I have things about that, I'm just like, I'm just going to push that away. Yeah. yeah. I don't, that, that I, I was that I'm super excited to see in preseason. Like obviously we're all excited to see Adam Fantilli make his uh, nationwide debut, but I'm going to be looking and paying attention to guys like Dubay and Matejchuk and how they play against other NHLers. Um but I think that's kind of all we've got for today cuz we're going a little bit long. Uh later tonight, like I said at the start at the top of the show, we are going to be doing a happy hour, so if you have questions about uh prospects or training camp or anything else that's happened this week it's been a pretty bit pretty big week for news for the blue jackets i don't know if you've heard uh so bring your questions bring your adult beverages we will be here live on youtube at 6 p.m uh eastern time thank you for listening thank you for making this your first listen of the day once again every day uh the growth since uh mike babcock got fired or you know quote unquote resigned has been incredible shout out to you guys for sticking around and for you know coming to watch all of the episodes and interacting and all of that. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden at Hayden H971. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. All of that is on Twitter. You can email us at LockdownBlueJackets at gmail.com. On Monday, we will be talking about the split squad preseason games against Pittsburgh. And I'm sure we will have some injury updates some training camp updates and some hot takes so make sure you tune in for all of that. And until then, make sure you stay locked on.